With change comes loss. When someone contemplates making a change in their behavior, it's common for others to look at the benefits of a new behavior as well as being hyper-focused on the consequences of the old behavior. This is especially routine when it comes to stopping a behavior that is seen as problematic and resulting in severe consequences like substance use, gambling, and pornography. What is often missed in making the transition is the loss a person experiences with making changes. Explore how common it is to dismiss the loss people experience when changing a behavior. This is Talking Addiction and Recovery, the podcast talking, you guessed it, all about addiction and recovery. Join your host, licensed professional counselor Andrew J. Schreier, as he and his guests break down recovery topics with raw honesty, delving into niche conversations around the topics of substance abuse, mental health, and gambling. We intend to meet individuals where they are on their own personal journey of recovery with dignity, respect, and compassion. We'll do more than talk addiction and recovery. We'll explore it. We're glad you've joined us. Here with today's episode, your host, Andrew Schreier. When we are talking about change, the initial like concept, idea, or hope is that this change will lead to something positive, right? Or why else would be looking to make change? This is something new that I'm either working to change or in areas related to like substance use, gambling, pornography, it is changing to stop behavior. And when we look at supporting this this behavior, you know, encouraging it, um, being hopeful that there comes the idea this this new behavior will change things for this person, right? Like hopeful that if this person stops doing this, that this is going to bring a lot of positive change for the individual. And depending on who we are, that could be the change benefits us as well, you know, at least in the removing of the consequences and negative impact. But before we get too far ahead with this new change, I think we need to spend more time focusing on the loss. When someone changes their behavior or gives up something they used to do or engage in, there is loss. Too often we ignore this experience for the person trying to give up a substance or a behavior. We view it as harmful and therefore there's no reason to grieve this loss and and purely celebrate a, a change in a new behavior. However, for that person giving it up, there is quite a bit of loss to recognize and help support them through it. If we don't, we're likely going to see that struggle and there is going to be uh, some significant challenges displayed that we're going to have a hard time understanding because we're trying to push someone so much to the benefits and rewards that we sort of dangle in front that we're going to be left wondering like, well, why isn't this person changing? Like, why isn't this 
happening. And this is an important topic, especially for the population of people who use substances, you know, gamble, use pornography. And we talk with them about making change. You know, it is crucial to foster a safe environment for people who are looking to make change regarding their use and behavior because they are a vulnerable population who often have their grief and loss ignored, especially when it comes to the substance and behavior. And here's what we do with it. We really hone in on the side that we think is for change and sort of hope that we ignore the part that might not want to, right? So a a great movie, I just got done talking about this today, is like Mr. Brooks. So Mr. Brooks, you know, a, a different side of an addiction, but... There's there's Kevin Costner who plays Mr. Brooks, and then there's this this alter ego of his named Marshall in the movie. And you notice, I think it's a it's great cinematography to show like how at times they can be completely at odds with one another, but then at times they are mimicking each other and, and just displaying the same exact um yeah, behaviors and everything. So you gotta watch it. But here's the point I want to make in regards to this. We give attention to the parts where Kevin Costner wants to make change, try and support that, try to encourage that, try to talk about how bad the Marshall character is. Creating a safe space for those who have like substance use issues, you know, with gambling, pornography, that we don't give the attention that we need to to Marshall, who is the side that wants to continue doing what he's doing and that probably seems like a game changer for right or like a a shift in the mind of like well what what do you mean i don't want to support that side of using but part of it is fostering that safe space for someone to be able to openly discuss and explore why they use why they continue to use you know maybe why they haven't given it up yet as opposed to just feeding us what we want to hear you know, I've, I've always said I'd rather have someone, and by someone I mean by me, creating a space for someone to be honest about their use and behavior versus creating an atmosphere that is going to encourage like dishonesty with me because I want to hear things about why you want to change and everything. The use of substances and some of the behaviors become so demonized and really wrapped up into this how much it costs the person so we point out all the negative things about it how it has done this and done that it's cost them this and that damaged everything over here and over there how it's prevented them from achieving this and that the behavior and the substances they use get painted in such a terrible way not surprising you know this could easily result in in feeling shame when someone is engaging in their behaviors because they will connect with that how bad this is this is what i'm doing this is who i am we are also sort of kind of shaming the person when we sometimes are also shaming like the behavior very different in some perspectives when people are trying to change other behaviors isn't it if someone's trying to cut back on the amount of cheeseburgers they eat, reduce the amount of TV they watch, or cut back on how often they go to their favorite coffee shop. We don't necessarily demonize those. 
we still might look at some of the consequences of the behavior and how it might be unhealthy. But if someone were to have these cheeseburger, like a cheeseburger again, watch television or get a cup of coffee more than they intended, neither the substance or the person is really going to be shamed too significantly by society standards, right? Not saying it never happens, but in comparison to like substance use, pornography and gambling and those behaviors, it's a different world. People who are not dealing with that use disorder don't understand how the concept of just stopping is difficult. They just seem to imagine that this behavior is so damaging that they can't comprehend why someone would continue knowing it is having a pretty significant impact on someone's life. And to me, that just highlights where, like, you're right, you don't understand it because you don't have that use disorder. You know, you can do that, but people who have a use disorder, it's not as simple. When it comes to substance use and gambling, it's pretty naive for someone who can have a drink or and stop or gamble once a year to place their stamp of how easy it is when that's not what you have. It might be what you're doing, but it's not what you have. For those who struggle with a use disorder or even several use disorders, just giving up is not an easy task. And think about having to give up multiple things at times. And something reminding someone of the consequences and dangling that rewards of change isn't going to create change overnight, you know, like drastic stopping of the behavior. If we don't take into account the loss someone's possibly facing by giving up something, we might make the journey more difficult than it already is. And there's a lot of loss someone goes through when giving up substance use or behavior. And when we break it down, it usually falls into like the categories of people, places, and things. You know, we talk about like relationships with people. They're not good for you. They are high risk. You can't hang out with them anymore. I mean, these could be anyone from family members, significant others, uh, you know, I call them associates, um, people that you may work with, people that you may known for several years, all of a sudden can't be around them anymore. Even places. You know, you can't go anymore because you used there in the past or you you gambled at that establishment. You can't step foot in Vegas or you are going to gamble again. You know, the the substance and the behavior itself, you know, well, if it's something that's that's bad for you, you should be happy or relieved to give that up, which falls under like the things, right? Like the things would be the substances themselves or things that are associated associated with it. But, you know, those things remind you of it. You know, it's too triggering you to have it. You got to give up all that paraphernalia. And I've had these conversations with people. I fully admit I was at that point where I was talking to people about like their (laughs) all the things in their life that were associated with it and having this discussion about, you know, risk and triggers and how. You can't have that around because it's going to lead back to that. 
And when you think about all those people, places, and things someone's told they have to give up, that is loss. It's loss. It's giving something up. It's people, places, and things we expect people to let go of so easily as if they were nothing and had no meaning to this person. And then when someone's loss is ignored or dismissed, the grief is likely to go unhealed, which can often bring you know, further shame and disconnection. And we know grief can last for, for years. So one of the best things we can do in working with people who use substances and engage in those behaviors is to have their loss seen and recognize that without judgment, stigma, shame. You know, I see that by asking you to do this, I'm asking you to experience loss. I recognize that by making these changes, you're also having to give up a lot of things. It's not easy. It's hard. It's difficult. It means letting go of some things that were a part of your life. In essence, we're asking people to sort of trust us and that the benefits of the change in new behavior will outweigh the loss of the old. And that's asking to trust us. <laughs> I mean, that's not only is that not easy, but I think that's a lot to ask of someone to just trust us that everything you give up the benefits of what we're telling you will eventually happen at some point. And that can be really scary for that person. That can lead to a lot of uncertainty. Because our promises of the benefits of change are not guaranteed, and we can't even necessarily say when it's going to happen. Now, I'm, I'm going to use humor because this is sometimes what helps us to get our mind thinking differently and to hear things that are outside of our mind to put a different perspective on sometimes what we ask people to do, right? So I want to imagine a, a burger scenario. Maybe you want to eat less burgers. You've been having quite a few on the regular and you have this goal of wanting to eat less. In the world of substance use and gambling and other behaviors, this is what it would look like if we applied this traditional approach to wanting to stop eating burgers or eat less. Okay, I just wanted to get this idea of what we would be asking you to do if we applied how we treat recovery from substance use and other behaviors. First of all, you can't go anywhere that burgers might be. Yeah, so the restaurants, the establishments, the stores. You can't go, can't go outside to the park because there could be someone grilling a burger. Uh, you also can't hang out with others who eat burgers. So those friends, those family members, um, all those people who eat burgers, um, that's too risky because you'll be around it and they'll offer it to you and you might go back to eating a burger. Um, you also can't watch movies that might show a depiction of people eating burgers, right? Because watching that could lead to um, a craving, right? Or an I issue for it. You definitely can't watch Good Burger at all. 
In fact, you need to throw away that, that DVD of it. <laughs> That's, oh, I'm just imagining someone throwing away their, their Good Burger DVD. But you also can't listen to music featuring burgers at all. So no more Cheeseburger in Paradise on your playlist or CD or whatever you have it on. Uh, you can't wear anything burger-related either. So you got to throw away the the Krusty Burger t-shirt from The Simpsons because anything that would be showing a burger would be inappropriate. And don't even think about joking about burgers. So no more jokes. Or it's clear you aren't taking your recovery from it or your goal seriously because you got to have a serious attitude if you want to accomplish that. I, I looked up jokes about burgers just to <laughs> add more humor to this um so i'm gonna give you two so why do hamburgers go to the gym and the answer is to get better buns when can you count on a hamburger in emergency when the chips are down so <laughs> don't don't come at people with your burger jokes if you're trying to make change because you got to give up that humor I mean, think about what we ask people to give up when it comes to substance use and gambling and everything. You know, it's it's not just the substance and the gambling. You know, what we think or say or hope is by giving up the substance, you give up the consequences, the pain, the misery, the chaos, the devastation, the torture, the change, you know, the slave of it, et cetera, et cetera. What we don't say or recognize is giving up the pleasure, the reward, the numbing, the escaping, the intrigue, the exploration, or even the excitement. But even just that list of what I shared of what you'd have to give up for something to make change is asking people a lot. We say it's just the substance, but it's also all the things that go around with it that we ask people to give up the music, the, the movies, the t-shirts, the places, the establishments, the people, the friends, the associates, associates, family members. So no, it's not just the substance or the behavior we are asking people to give up. And it's so much more about their life that we're sometimes expecting them to let go of it overnight and simply say goodbye. Like it was no big deal. Can't we hypothesize that one of the factors that people may be reluctant to change a behavior is because the loss of it and everything that goes with it? Can't we at least imagine part of the challenges someone has when stopping a behavior is because we dismiss the grief and loss and the person is like, what am I going to do without it? And that's scary. The intent of this is not to discourage change or goals. You know, if someone wants to cut back, reduce the amount, spend less, or stop overall, that's their goal, and that's what I'm here to help them with. That's my job. That's what they want. I think one of the best ways we can support someone is recognizing that that decision to make change comes with loss. And if we can help address it and understand it, that process of going through that loss won't be as much of a barrier obstacle to reaching their desired change. In essence, it helps them to get to where they want. So 
there's three tips I have getting back to some specific tips and helping people. Number one, function and benefit. Ask yourself, what is the benefit of use or gambling? What function does it serve? What, what benefits does it provide? This question can shock the hell out of people. Even if someone who's talking about wanting to stop, when they get asked this question, they anticipate talking about consequences and how it's been harmful. You know, we ask, like, is there any consequences because of your behavior? Uh, if you want to get a whole family of deer in the headlights, ask this what's in front of a family member or loved one. Because in their mind, there is nothing beneficial to what they're doing, but it helps to understand what function it is serving the person. What benefit does it have in their life? Why might they be reluctant to give it up or to stop using? Number two, the additional losses. When we ask people to stop using or engaging in behavior, we are also asking them to give up a lot. And to go through loss. While we look at all the positives of giving up the substance use or the behavior, there's going to be negatives from that person's experience. They won't see giving it up as all positive. So we need to look at everything that is tied or connected with that behavior and that substance use and realize all those different aspects of change that the person is is going through and experiencing is loss and giving up something. And number three, we need to support that loss. As much as some of us say and look at the, the negatives, the damage, the, the bad stuff, we need to support the loss that this person is, is experiencing. Whether it's something that has played a small role and has benefits or something that plays like a large role and serves an important function. Like either way, it's loss. And to me, it's it's best for us to support the loss by recognizing it and supporting the person going through it. Instead of trying to dismiss, ignore, or push them with the thought of like consequences and, you know, this is the bad that's happening because of it. Like dangling that on a carrot is not going to be enough necessarily for them to want to do it. Next time you experience change or are supporting someone through it, realize with change comes loss. It doesn't mean we can't make change or continue to reach the desired goal or outcome. Recognize the benefits and the function it serves see some of the additional loss that comes with change and overall provide support to help them cope with it. Thanks for listening. Hope you learned something. You've been listening to Talking Addiction and Recovery with Andrew J. Schreier. We're so glad you've joined us and invite you to connect further with the show and these topics at www.andrewjschreier.com. That's Andrew J. S-C-H-R-E-I-E-R.com. You can also email us directly at talkingaddictionandrecovery at gmail.com and connect on social media, Instagram at Talking Addiction and Recovery, Facebook, Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast, and Twitter at Talk AR underscore podcast. To stay connected and never miss an episode, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. 
Until next time, friends, let's keep talking addiction and recovery.